0: Hello everybody! Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Zach Talander. He's a weightlifter, coach, and a YouTuber. More serious problems are afoot. The number of men using Viagra is at all-time highs. Batgirl has been cancelled, Beyonce has become an ableist abuser, a basketball star gets jailed in Russia, and TikTokers are wearing blasphemous bikinis. Obviously, me and Zach must fix all of this. Expect to learn how long you can flog a dead franchise for before it stops making money, how men can think themselves into performance anxiety in the bedroom, whether a Russian arms dealer is worth a WNBA player, how many times Demi Lovato can announce a change of pronouns, whether Addison Rae would wear an Adidas burka, and much more. Don't forget, you might be listening, but you might not be subscribed, and you're my least favorite kind of person if you're doing that. Come on, go to your little podcast app, open it up, press the subscribe button, the little plus in the top corner on Apple Podcasts or a follow on Spotify. It supports the show, it makes sure that you never miss an episode when they go up, and it makes me very happy. I thank you. All right, quick maths. The less that your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money Head to drinkag1.com slash modernwisdom for that 90-day money-back guarantee, a year's free supply, vitamin D, five free travel packs, and more. That's drinkag1.com slash modernwisdom. But now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Zach Tellander. tell welcome to the show i'm here we're both here again and uh every time i'm on your show i'm closer to you so for the people who aren't aware we live together and you are sat on the other side of that wall (laughs) because i don't have an in-person recording setup so we're doing it this way which is virtually but also kind of in person and we can kind of hear each other through the doors
1: yeah that's the most concerning part is i can hear you through the door and Twice. my headphones,
0: but but it's all good. Double. It's all good, baby. Double, Chris. How are you doing? You good?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. Had a good week so far. Good content. Uh, I don't know, man. So much has happened since I was last on the show, but it's hard to know exactly what has happened because mm-hmm. you and I live together. so You're Talking <laughs> so about it together. all the time. Yeah, I can't really update you, but uh, yeah, still doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing even better better and brighter bigger bigger guests and also being on joe rogan too that was Massive. wild
0: wild experience yeah man absolutely wild uh it, it's been strange i mean it's the number one podcast in america canada australia new zealand and england or the uk at the moment it's the number one podcast episode in all of those places which is it's just a terrifying no amount. way yeah wow yeah, yeah. Like that's because i one. shared it you think yeah, yeah. I got you the most shared tag on Spotify. Good, I'm so glad. I'm you're glad welcome. To hear that. Uh, other things that have been happening in countries outside of ours. WNBA star Brittany Griner sentenced to nine years in Russian prison. So I, I saw that.
1: I didn't really dive deep into that. Um, but does that mean that she
0: still can't get extradited or traded for? so this is the most recent update this is from Daily Wire WNBA star Brittany Greiner was sentenced to nine years in a Russian prison on Thursday Russian prosecutors had argued that Greiner who was convicted of sneaking marijuana vaping materials into the country should serve nine and a half years in prison so she saved half a year I guess the request came during closing arguments in a court outside Moscow nearly six months after the six foot nine inch WNBA star was nabbed at an airport with contraband the US has been trying to negotiate her release reportedly considering offering a notorious Russian armed arms dealer imprisoned here as a trade. So I'm not sure if that guy is maybe going to be swapped out for her or something, but it's a difficult situation. I mean, do you want to let a notorious Russian arms dealer go? No. Do you want a WNBA star that had a vape cartridge on her get jailed for nine years in a Russian gulag? Also no. Kind Kind of hard to thread the needle i never meant to hurt anybody and i never uh, meant to put in jeopardy the russian population i never meant to break any laws here griner said prior to the delivery of the verdict in Kimki city courthouse i made an honest mistake and i hope that you ruling that in your ruling it doesn't end my life here i know everybody keeps talking about political porn and politics but i hope that is far from this courtroom uh Blah, blah, blah. She said that she only brought them to Russia by mistake. Only used kind of... This is it. Griner, who plays for the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury, had flown to Russia to finish a season for UMMC Ekaterinburg when she was arrested. Team Compete. So she was over there playing, dude. Can you imagine accidentally having... or Even on purpose, thinking, I can fly a vape cartridge in and then getting nine years in Russia. She's been there for six months already. She's already detained. Nine years in prison.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think a, a lot of the WNBA stars, the best of the WNBA, they go to other countries to make more money. Uh, I think they they pay athletes for, uh, for women's basketball, and particularly a lot more. So a lot of women do this. This is a very common practice. But this is also not just Russia that has – rules like this a lot of middle middle eastern countries doesn't
0: bali have like uh, crazy drug rules as well like thailand is death if you're caught with the wrong drug i think they still have the death sentence for people that are caught with the wrong drug
1: james was telling me about some guy who had some marijuana and i think it was in singapore and or i'm not entirely sure what country it was I know it was Southeast Asia, and he had uh, whipping. Like, they had to, they whipped him. No I, or like fucking like A certain amount of lashes, yes. Oh,
0: what is yes. this? Are we on a pirate ship? Is yeah. This, is this
1: the 1700s? What's going on? Dude, and then um, he, he was telling me another story about how, well, he, he had a bunch of stories about this uh, because he's covered it a lot, but there was a guy who, he was a, a, Football coach, so soccer coach, and he, um, he was taking his buddy to the airport, okay, uh, in I think it was Dubai or something. And his buddy messaged him on WhatsApp saying, hey, by the way, I have a CBD pen that I left in your car. And the authorities uh, were able to hack that message and arrested him like they, they, they stopped his car took him out of there, found the CBD or whatever, and I think he's rotting in jail. Where's that? I I, I think this one is a Middle Eastern country. Right, okay. But again, I'm not entirely sure what the... He said
0: it was like a a football coach or something like that. Dubai and the United Arab Emirates is somewhere you do not want to get caught with drugs. So I remember reading this story a few years ago about a guy that had a trace amount of marijuana on the bottom of his shoe on the bottom of his shoes. So he'd stood in maybe some marijuana, maybe it was his, maybe it wasn't. He was jailed for that. I've got another uh, news story here which is from April 2021, American facing years in Dubai prison after cannabis traces found in urine. A man who legally enjoyed some cannabis in his home of Las Vegas is now facing three years in prison in the United Arab Emirates after being caught with traces of it in his urine. Peter Clark flew to Dubai on February 24th on a business trip looking for a recording studio. The retired game designer then went to hospital following a pancreatitis attack. He was reported to authorities when doctors found hashish traces in his urine, which is considered possession in the UAE.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. That is insane. That's that is insane. That's crazy dude. Medic medic you they were probably forced to do that, right? It wasn't like like it's part of their job. I'm sure. I think they'll probably like be they would obliged get
0: they would be obliged if they see it to report it. Yes. yes. I don't think they're probably going out of their way, but they'll have said, what is it that I'm going to do? Blah, blah, blah. We've found some weed. We need to We need to report this to the authorities. And if we don't, we'll get in trouble. Oh, yeah, of yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, but yeah, that, that Brittany Griner thing is, I mean, Rogan posted about it earlier on today, saying that uh, there's people that are still in jail now in the U.S. for drugs in states for drugs that are now legal in those states that's wild it what's the what is I, I can't believe I can't think of it um
1: after a law is like once the law is changed, you can't get charged for it or something like that it was uh I can't think of the the term, but if they change the law after you've broken it, mm. you can't go to jail for it, and I think vice versa. Works as well. Oh, interesting. I don't know
0: what the, what the term is, but... And, well, there's that, um, what's that thing, it's double jeopardy or whatever it is, where you can't be tried try twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's definitely... But, dude, I mean, I just... I feel so bad for this Brittany Griner girl. Like, can you imagine being a an athlete, peak of your sport, randomly got something in your suitcase, nine years in a Russian prison?
1: I wonder if it plays out. Like, what are the odds that she is never traded for to come back to the United States and it has to play out and live out these nine years. What if she like learns Russian has to join a gang, you know, to survive and shit. (laughs) That'd be so cool. And then like, once she's let go, she's like, like kind of never the same and like wants to stay in Russia, you know, Russian double agent with her like
0: new family. She gets like a new lease on life. Well, I'm glad that you're being very hopeful about this. I, I wonder whether she feels the same, but, uh, Yeah, dude. You got to lean into it at that point, I think. It's fucking wild. That's one of the things, you know, for all that there's problems with the West and stuff, look at some of the drug laws in different countries. Look at some of the drug laws in the Middle East, in the Far East, in Russia. Nine years for a vape cartridge. I just, yeah, it's very, very, very strange. But yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. And also, the other thing is, let's say that the best possible outcome here is that the U.S. loses a arms dealer. We get an arms dealer back out yeah. into the world. Yeah. That's the best possible scenario. And then we get a WNBA star back. <sighs> also, something else I wanted to talk to you about is uh, why young men are turning to Viagra I was really struggling to get it up. More men in their 20s and 30s are taking little blue pills for a variety of sexual ills, from erectile dysfunction to anxiety about their performance in the bedroom. Ben Bryant speaks to users, doctors, and relationship counselors about a very curious phenomenon. This is on The Independent. And we spoke about this last time, one of the previous episodes that you've been on. We were talking about um, girls have an anxiety around not being able to orgasm during sex and like performance anxiety during. Guys, equivalent of that is not getting it up and
1: yeah. And also how many commercials do we have now where you can just get Viagra sent to you, right? You, you, you kind of do you, I don't know if anyone's done these before. Um, I've had sponsorships like keeps where you get it put in touch with the doctor, the doctor fills out a prescription and you get it sent to your house. And, and that can happen in like within a half hour.
0: Well, remember that you can get over the counter, viagra you don't need to have the consultation with the doctor and this is actually one of the things that comes out of this really this news story yeah you can just buy them over the car i mean blue chew right blue chew is viagra chewing gum i think uh, they actually asked to sponsor the podcast and i was the not quite right i don't think uh but He was saying, um, after a breakup from a five-year relationship, James was nervous about dating again. He was 27, healthy, and had a good sex life. But when it came to sleeping with new people, he was experiencing performance anxiety. I was really struggling to get it up. I get to this point where I was having sex with lots of people with like a 75% error rate. James assumed that the problem was just nerves. He didn't seek advice from his GP. Instead, he started self-medicating with Sildenafil, better known as Viagra. It worked instantly when you take it you can actually focus on enjoying sex and being in the moment as opposed to going oh my god my dick is failing no no don't stop keep going <laughs> this is like that's that is exactly what your mind says <laughs> exactly but for the girls that are listening the fear that you have as a guy as you n- notice that that's slowly creeping in is just this downward spiral of and as you focus on it that is exactly the the first thing that's going to cause it to go away
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not gonna lie, Christopher, it has happened to me, for sure. Uh, I have, uh, I have been in that situation, usually when I've been drinking a little bit. And sometimes, you know, in the past, I have said, this is just not going to happen. And it's actually much more of a relief than
0: to just say that, just it's not not gonna happen. Not tonight. Mm, not tonight, darling, I'm afraid. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's very difficult for girls to not feel like they've done something wrong. It's like that that whole scenario is just a, it's just a litany of embarrassment and men feeling pretty ashamed of themselves, right? Like it's the one thing that you're supposed to always be able to do. There's an expectation, I think, by society that men should be hot to trot all the time, that they should mm-hmm. always be ready for sex and wanting sex. And, you know, th- the same is not expected of women. Now... There's other things that are expected of women, which, you know, like to be able to orgasm during sex and to be casual and all this sort of stuff. But it's pretty uncomfortable. There was a period while I was in uni. And if looking back now, it was so obvious. I'd had too much to drink. I hadn't been able to get it up when I was drunk. Then I had a fear that that was going to creep in when I was sober. And over time, it did. So... I'd managed to think myself into performance anxiety, physiologically absolutely fine, training in the gym, gaining loads of Mm -hmm. weight, relatively healthy, as healthy as a 21-year-old club promoter can be. Um, And what I did, how I fixed it, was I started to uh, taper down a dose of Viagra during normal sex. So I would start with a half and then less and then less and then less. And over time, you realize I'm like – Licking the outer coating of this, this is evidently not doing anything, and you go, "I'm, I'm kind of back," but it was all about performance anxiety, and it's, it's brutal, man. Uh, my theory: a
1: lot of it has to do with masturbation and the prevalence of it in young men. I think, like, it's something that definitely cannot be ignored, right? Like, you find a way to self stimulate. I think Huberman talked about this on your podcast. You recently made a post about it, uh, and, and I think that that's got to be undeniable. Right, like the the getting used to watching other people for arousal, being in the comfort of your own home, you know, having your setup, you know,
0: get, <laughs> your playlists get, and your suggested videos. Yeah, on getting X-S1, the stuff. getting
1: the right video, you know, all of that <laughs> that factors into somebody being like, well you know i might not have that when i'm with a girl there's different situations that can happen i'm not used to this person what i have found is whatever that anxiety is it dissipates the more comfortable you get with that woman mm, i would agree so the more and more right and i think it, chris it would be hard to do your technique of less and less of a dose with a new woman each time mm, because i'm not sure if that's what you were, I'm not sure that. if that's what you were doing but i feel like that would be harder to do Uh, When when you have a new woman, new stimulus every single time and the new pressure comes in, if you're with someone and you've been with them before, I think it's only natural that that sort of. That that sort of anxiety goes away, and that's the beauty of actually having a long term relationship.
0: I agree. Right.
1: That is one of the most underrated aspects of it, is that the romantic side of things will undoubtedly get better. And if it doesn't then I think that's, uh, you know, a a big point of error in your relationship. And and it might say something else about the relationship.
0: I always thought for a long time that people that said, you know, sex in a relationship is always going to be better than one night stands, just as like a young, stupid guy. Always thought that that was like just not Accurate wisdom. And I've come to believe that it's the complete opposite that guys often need to settle into who they're having sex with, the girls need to learn what it is that they like to do, and you become more comfortable with each other and the intimacy, and all of that actually ends up enhancing the way that you have sex. Looking at some of the stats from that article, it says more than 60% of UK Viagra users are between 25 and 54 years old. So one of the things that you would think is, well, younger people should have better testosterone levels, which should mean that their sex drives higher. But I guess the other thing is that people over the age of 54 years old are not having as much sex. So you have two parameters going on, right? Like, One group of people is physiologically more predisposed to being able to get it up, uh, but needs to get it up more. The other group is less so, but also needs sex less or is having sex less. So I think there's that little balance there. It says, according to one 2018 study, around half of British men in their 30s report difficulties getting or maintaining an erection. And this is only going to get worse, I think, with Gen Z, because the most socially anxious... Uh, generation that we've ever had, highest rates of like introversion, social anxiety disorders and stuff like that, getting naked with somebody is, you know, that's going to push a lot of people's buttons if they're uncomfortable going out of the house or going into nightclubs or loud noises and clapping, getting naked with somebody is going to be a little bit too far.
1: I think that the, the testosterone uh, and the biological factors are the least important when it comes to getting it up for sure. You know, in both our cases, uh, it had nothing to do with that. It was purely anxiety. It was purely in the head. Yep. So so I think, I don't know, I think that the availability of Viagra for sure has gone up 100%. Like it, the, the fact that I could right now over the course of this podcast order Viagra in, in a half hour and have it delivered to my door within days,
0: mm.
1: that was just something that never occurred. And now- now it's out and it's like, well, you might as well, if you're going to get some drinks on, it takes away the anxiety. Uh. We don't really know the the negative side effects. I mean, they, they list them, but a long time of using Viagra over time, like we don't know exactly what that is, but uh
0: – it's definitely an option that men have now. There's a bit here. Uh, the possible side effects include a reduction in efficacy over time, as well as more serious outcomes. Long-term use of Viagra can potentially increase the risk of physiological dependency, and has also been associated with various problems affecting the bearing, the hearing, and visual visual systems and vision. So, I mean, it's a but it's, it's like it's like any drug though. If you any
1: drug, it's suggested to taper off of it and to come back into it. And, you know, it's the same thing with caffeine, the efficacy of caffeine, what what the side effects of that are. Um, you went off of caffeine for how many days? 500 days, yeah. 500 days off of caffeine, right? And um, a lot of people can cycle these drugs that they just don't. And that, that's mm. another thing too. I mean, I think that the caffeine industry is like one of the craziest industries around, caffeine and nicotine in industries. You know, people are slinging a psychoactive drug that is proven to be very effective, but they're not doing it really in a responsible way. I think if you look at what some of these people order, I mean, I, I know women who are like 115 pounds getting 300 milligrams of caffeine in their Starbucks, you know, like a a, a very, what's the large one? The venti? Yeah. A venti cold brew, right? That's got to have around 300 milligrams of caffeine. And to do that and have that be part of your morning, like, thing, it's pretty freaking intense, wouldn't you say? Rather than, like, one little eight-ounce cup, you know, Mm. one little eight-ounce cup of coffee to start your day and then maybe another one later on. Now people have, like – monster, you know, glasses of caffeine, filled with caffeine.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a, a whole Mosey quote where he talks about how if you need to use a substance as a, uh, if you can't function without them, they've stopped conferring a benefit. Be able to stop them and only use them when you really know you can crush. On, off, on, off is typically good enough for most. But if you can't function without them, they've stopped conferring a benefit. It is so on the money. That's exactly how I felt with caffeine. It's like, look, uh, this isn't a performance enhancer. It's a crutch. It's the only thing that's actually keeping me going here. But another element to, I guess, add into the Viagra conversation is what it means or how girls interpret it. So this guy mentioned that he wasn't telling his partner. Wendy 37 says that she would be unhappy to discover that her boyfriend was secretly taking Viagra because I would feel like, oh, am I not good enough? Uh, But then I get more, but then I get that erectile dysfunction is more common as guys get older. So It's kind of brutal. It's like, it's not about you. It is not a you thing. It is almost exclusively inside of my head. And yet women are, all that they're going to be able to see is all of this self-image concerns and the anxiety and the performance anxiety and I'm not good enough. It's like a really, really bad situation.
1: Yeah, and it's difficult. I was just kind of having a retort to what you were saying in my head and then I just flipped it a little bit but it is a difficult conversation or at least a difficult position to say no it really isn't you like it, and I don't know how to prove that to you but it's really not you it's yeah. just overall anxiety it's hard because you don't face this anxiety but again the only thing you can hope for is communication with your partner like just open communication like look this is what i've dealt with this is you know whatever as long as you are having sex and you're trying to get better and you're pleasing your partner and your partner's pleasing you, there are no real issues, right? There are things that you can work on together as long as you're open about whatever that thing is. Mm, I think. But yeah. it is still a difficult, you know, hill to get on top, to get to get over, to uh to then try and convince them or try to explain to them what this anxiety really is. Yeah. And I don't think it's not comparable to women and orgasms because they don't have to necessarily explain why they didn't have an orgasm. They could. It might improve their sex lives, but it's not the same
0: thing, right? Because they can It's less still, obvious, right? You, like, right. Women can either fake it or guys just don't... I mean, there are guys that will ask, like, did you come after you finished having sex? Mm-hmm. But, and I guess that that's probably a pretty awkward, especially if you're a girl that maybe has performance anxiety in bed, that would probably suck to hear. Uh, but it's... I mean, at least you've been able to have sex. I would say, yeah, being pushed about orgasming during sex is uncomfortable, but it it doesn't get into the same league, really, as not being able to get it up. TikTok star Addison Ray deletes blasphemous Holy Trinity bikini photo after backlash. Did you see this? Yep, saw it. Okay, so TikTok star Addison Ray on Tuesday was hit with backlash for posting a blasphemous bikini that was Holy Trinity themed. The father on her right breast, son on her left breast, and Holy Spirit on her bottom. Ray reportedly wore an Adidas collaboration swimsuit, praying's Holy Trinity bikini in white, Price: at $100. Instagram post showing off the bikini has been since deleted. Uh, This is disrespectful to Jesus. Sad what y'all are doing for money. One comment reportedly said, another user adding, so messed up. This is not okay. Blasphemy, someone wrote. Is nobody going to talk about this disrespecting religions? Another user reacted. Um, Bikini blunder, it's been called, and would she do it with Islam or Buddhism? As conservative beauty guru Amanda Ensing. Uh, former White House photographer Andrea Hanks commented, Any other faith and this would be an issue? Tacky. One thing that's interesting is this is an issue. This isn't right. something where the Christian community has just rolled over and let this sort of stuff happen. So saying uh, any other faith and this would be an issue kind of is a bit dumb because... It is an issue, right. and it isn't any other faith.
1: Yeah, um, also, just to interject here, the son should be over where the, you know what I mean? Because it goes father, son down here.
0: Oh, and
1: she yeah. had father and son on the left and right breast. The son should have been on the bikini bottom. And Holy Spirit up top. Yeah, but that would be weird, though, right? To have a son. Very weird. <laughs> very, there. very, very weird. What's she famous for? What's Addison Rae famous for? Uh, TikTok. T- t- so she does dances, and she's. She's good looking. She was in a movie, right? Yeah, and I heard it was horrible. I it's, heard it was horrible. It was like, like a remake th- of
0: thirty percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, right? Yeah, but
1: you know they made a ton of money on it just for the fact that she was in it. How many Gen Z kids watched it just to be like, oh my god, that's Addison Ray, you know? Mm. Um, but I, I, what's the company called that that did it that made the? Uh, it's Adidas. called like. Oh no, no, no! But I thought I thought that they had done it. Wasn't there another company that called like Prayer or something? Uh, I'm not sure. I just I just saw Phil, Philip DeFranco video on it, uh, and like if you if you look at their Instagram, they have a lot of um, stuff exactly like this. I forget what it's called. I just watched this, but yeah, I think this company. I don't know if it was Adidas, um, Adidas. but I <laughs> <laughs> it should be Adidas, right? Because it's
0: Adidasler. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, you're the one that's ruining it. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely it definitely seems like um, the world hasn't allowed this one to slide under the uh, under the radar, so to speak. I think if it had been, I wonder if it had been a plus size model, if there would have been the equivalent amount of backlash, because there would have definitely been accusations of sizeism and fat phobia and slay queen and stuff like that. There's definitely upper bounds on that.
1: Uh also yeah I mean this is this is definitely typical outrage but I got to tell you if it was this company that I'm thinking of and not Adidas I don't know what Adidas is affiliation with it maybe I don't know but I mean I didn't really know much about Addison Ray I do now you know and, and it's the same thing with with any of this sort of backlash it's it is brilliant marketing but it's also I don't know if that's a legitimate way to go about marketing. Mm. I think this whole, you know, brand, their whole thing is to try and create something like this, and this was their golden ticket.
0: Mm. Their sales are going to go up, yeah. undoubtedly. Yeah, they, they have are. to. Uh, well, speaking of people that have been using headlines to pump current albums and stuff like that, Demi Lovato has changed her pronoun, or she's added pronouns back in. Did you see this? Yes, I did, and I didn't know that it had that an album was coming out as well. She's got an album coming out later this month, and didn't really make many headlines. It doesn't see, but she uh, she updated her pronouns. Another day, another tiring pronoun debate. Pronouns are simple; they have been for centuries, and yet people are acting like they're brand new concept. This is from the Daily Beast. It's very pro uh demi this time the hot button topic is being discussed not because of some horrible remarks from bigoted politicians or a terrible tweet from a certain she who will not be named turf uh but because singer and performer demi lovato announced that she uh, she is using that sorry this is so hard to read performer and demi lovato announced they are using she her pronouns now in addition (laughs) to the they them pronouns they already utilize Lovato opened up about this in a recent development in her gender identity journey in an interview with the Spout podcast. Recently, I've been feeling more feminine, so I have adopted she, her again, said Lovato. I'm such a fluid person. Lovato came out as non-binary in May 2021, blah, blah, blah. And then she reflected on coming out and said that she's now expanded This is impossible to read. Lovato reflected on this coming out journey and also explained why they are now expanding their pronouns to include she/her. But if she's used, so if she did, then we can say she and her. Apparently, I don't really understand at all. That sentence
1: doesn't make sense. If well, it probably never did. But now we can say she and her, so stop saying they if you don't have to. I mean, Le- you, Lovato's it's Instagram
0: encompassing. bio has been updated to include all the pro- all their pronouns: they, them, she, her. What is so shocking about this? Gender identity, much like sexuality, can be a very fluid thing. Blah blah blah. So I am. A, I've always. I'm friends with Blair White. Like I, happy to call people by their preferred pronouns. There has to be an upper bound on how many times someone can cause headlines and change them. And then there's a a ton of outrage, misleading headlines. This is still in the Daily Beast article. Misleading headlines about how Lovato reverted back to she, her pronouns um, because people said that she'd stopped being they, them and was exclusively going to she, her, which isn't correct. Uh, The Daily Mail has got it incorrect. And uh, basically people are being, this Daily Beast article is shouting at other coverage saying that you need to do better. You need to be able to understand there's bigotry and there's social media chatter and all this stuff. And you go, look, it's it's really hard. And if someone's going to continue to update their pronouns, like you have to, she even says, I understand that the world of pronouns can be a little bit difficult for people. We just have to hope that everybody's doing their best. And yet most of the people that are commenting about this are using it as a political football that they can kick around to say you're a bigot because you don't understand what, to me is another level of complexity on top of the pronoun thing.
1: So let's think about language for a second. Pronouns themselves are to make the language simpler, easier, I don't have to say Chris every time, I can say he, I can say him, it's a placeholder. And what you're doing is making something that's simple, you're making it much more confusing. Right? So even just a, a minor amount of confusion is kind of a big deal in the English language because we don't know how to speak then. And what's really weird is that the Daily Beast says they and then calls her she and then also says that it's okay to call her she and her. So what is, like, what's going on? Like, what what's the statement being made? So she wants to say that we can call her she now. Great. But... I don't understand how that fits into to what we were doing prior.
0: I, I, I'm not – I mean, it says here, I've actually adopted the pronoun she, her again, she told the host on this podcast. So for me, I'm such a fluid person that I don't find – That I am. I felt like, especially last year, my energy was balanced in my masculine and feminine energy. So when I was faced with the choice of walking into a bathroom and it said men, women and men, I didn't feel like there was a bathroom for me because I didn't necessarily feel like a woman and I didn't feel like a man. I just felt like a human. Recently, I've been feeling more feminine. So I've adopted she, her again. She said, adding that the purpose of using they, them pronouns is about feeling human at your core. Uh, Lovato went on to assure others that nobody's perfect and everybody messes up pronouns at some point and especially when people are learning it's all just about respect so Demi Lovato seems completely fine with people trying their best to keep up with this stuff there has to be an upper bound on how many I mean if she decides to add in more pronouns is this is there another wave of headlines that should come out out about it should people be lambasted for not using it's there's going to be more pronouns that you can use than can't use like it's I don't know. It's a very interesting situation to get into because I've never, I don't think there's been a real public situation where somebody has added extra pronouns in now. And I I, I don't understand what the rules are supposed to be around this.
1: Well, I, I don't think there are rules, but I think that, again, I would agree with you in that I don't really care if somebody wants some sort of preferred pronouns. It's just going to be very difficult for me to unlearn years of speaking to people. Uh, if, if I misgender somebody, like, honestly, I will feel bad and I will try to actually call them what they want, but it's, it's much more difficult when you mix in plurals. That's where for me, that sentence that you were trying to read, that is, that's very frustrating, right? I don't actually care that she, she can name herself whatever she wants. Okay. But the moment that we start mixing in plurals and shit like that, that's where I start to be like. Hey, this is uh, this is kind of bullshit. Because then, because then I can't formulate a sentence properly without being like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to do. And that's that's ultimately was, what I'm not a fan of.
0: Originally, I think this was what um, Peterson was concerned about. Whatever back in 2015 or 16, that it was a way for people to enact power over others. That you can force other people to change their behavior based on a claim that you make. There's very few things that I can force you to do right like you could even walk into me if we were going down a corridor on the same side of the corridor i don't even i can't even force you to move but by using this that does give people the opportunity to have a little bit of power but i don't know it it seems like it's just a, a very very strange situation it's a very strange situation uh speaking of strange situations beyonce heated lyrics you mentioned this to me and i've gone and had a look Beyonce's new album, Renaissance, has been met with overwhelmingly positive reviews, but the acclaimed singer faced backlash from activists after Friday's record breaking release for a lyric deemed ableist. On the song Heat, which co- uh, Beyonce co wrote with Drake, she sings, spazzin' on that ass, spazz on that ass. <laughs> 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 Bro, I tried, to just, <laughs> I tried to. I tried to. I So, the word "spaz" sorry. is a. That's the first
1: time t- I've heard the lyric. I knew it was "spaz." Me it I was, you,
0: let me give you the full lyrics here. Okay.
1: Well, so. it's about it's a it's it's about uh spastic cerebral palsy, which is an actual term, right? It's mm-hmm. a. It, and is that now a term that we're not allowed to use? Well, right, it's, it's similar a, to very saying Very much someone, a British
0: thing, I think.
1: So, but saying someone is retarded medically so is actually not allowed even now mm. right and i would is is the term spastic cerebral palsy or whatever however you say it is that now in that same boat that's so just what medically I to people first.
0: people would still be referred to as um whatever retarded and and spastic that's like a medical diagnosis, the concern is when it becomes a pejorative, right? And people start using it as a slur. I think the. I don't those, even
1: know that they're allowed to medically say that anymore
0: I'm uh, pretty about sure. retarded. Well, they definitely are around the, the spastic thing because the person that brought the term up is like self referred as that. So, okay. Presumably it, it is at least okay. a little bit. So, let me let me give you some of the lyrics bad bad bitchy make that bad bitch glitchy fine 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 liberated living like we ain't got time yada yada ya. Yada, yada, ya, ya. yada 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 bom, yada bomb bomb car car spazzing <coughs> on that ass spaz on that ass fan me girl uh, fan me quick girl i need my glass fan me off my wrist goes click dimples on my hips stretch marks on my tits drinking my water minding my biz monday i'm overrated tuesday on my dick the worst thing about that apparently is the spas.
1: yeah i have no idea i feel like i just blacked out and i have no <laughs> idea what you just said <laughs> i have no idea what just happened that was really really weird you know how you just kind of like space out while mm. someone's talking that's exactly what i just did to you i, I apologize but it was like I was just hearing noises come out of your mouth, and in, in no way did they make sense at all. And suddenly, we care about the word "spastic." Well, in you, are not, you are not—you
0: are not Beyoncé, one of the greatest songwriters of a generation. So, oh you yeah, wouldn't, she you wouldn't she, know. She, uh, but they've gone back, and they've—she's uh, retroactively changing the lyrics. She's going to change the lyrics so that it says "blasting" instead of "spazzing." I remember as well. In they
1: already did it, by the way. Are they updated already? Yes, but there have been some vinyls that were pressed already.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, vinyls and CDs that were pressed already. So Can't re-record I imagine the vinyls. those would actually be the
0: resale on those. Oh, you got the spaz edition of Beyonce's new album, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
1: Yeah. Dude,
0: I'm I'm all for... I mean, I, I've always thought that that word was a bit touchy because in the uk that's a word that's been used quite a bit as a pejorative and i remember watching iron man and in it tony stark do you remember when he's got social anxiety he's got anxiety and he's having anxiety attacks and he's with a little kid i think it's in the third one and it's snowing and the kid's saying like um what's going on where are we going can you help what's happening are you okay you're breathing fast and he's trying to calm himself down and can't goes and sits over a far side and says see you made me spaz out he says that Tony Stark says that coming out of Hollywood. And that was only maybe s- within 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so I always th- that stuck in my mind. That bit stuck in my mind because I always thought, fucking hell, that's a bit of a heavy word to just be thrown around like that. So, well, look, you, you know where this is going, correct? That in
1: people will bring issues about certain things that have already been made and demand that they change them. And what's wild is that we're doing it to something that we thought we couldn't change given that. So given that most people stream music now,
0: we can actually take songs out and put them back. Oh yeah. 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 And that's a wild thing. You can't like we can't even do that with YouTube videos, right? You could do that with, you'd have to re upload the YouTube video.
1: Yeah. Well, I th- I think they probably re upload it. I don't know how, it, how it works, Yeah. but it's just a very weird thing. But now this is where, where the conversation is ultimately going to go is like, the The potential for slippery slope, and obviously the the, the, so how far
0: back do you need to go in order to correct content? Yeah, I mean, are we we just gonna? There's got to be
1: very, very problematic content that so many rappers, so many songs have used the word spat. So many things have like said. I remember Eminem, Eminem songs with it it, in, Fifty Cent songs with it in. Yeah, I mean, it just it it's endless. So what are we gonna do? Are we just gonna go through and pick apart all these things. This is, you know, this is the, the the slippery slope. I mean, and then we have the the Monica Lewinsky thing. What happened with that? So Monica Lewinsky, she said, while we're at it, you can change the lyrics to this song where you mention me, like sucking Bill Clinton's dick or something. I don't know actually if they would had anything. To do. I don't know what the lyric is, it but was, I know that
0: <laughs> I, I looked I looked at it earlier on. So it was uh, like Monica Lewinsky don my dress. So she was used, it was like someone's come on her dress.
1: Yeah. Okay. So then, so yeah, but here's the thing. It's like Monica Lewinsky, uh, what are you doing? Why do we care about you? Type of thing. That's kind of my re- reaction. Monolo- Monica Lewinsky, why do we care about you? I, 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 at awesome. least, I don't know. Is
0: she big on Twitter or something? Does she, she... Did a TED, she did a TEDx talk or a TED talk a couple of years ago that was pretty big. I guess she's just been at the center of... American. Okay, well, maybe
1: that was rude of me because, like, I personally, I'm, I'm because I, I have no idea what Monica uh, it was Lewinsky is up to. Our, it
0: was before our time, I think, that whole situation and tracking the Monica Lewinsky. Uh, did you see that Stranger Things went back and changed something in season three because fans pointed out a plot hole?
1: Uh, that's dude. This is gonna be endless, endless. How many things have we seen where they've gone back and taken episodes out? I mean, whole things, whole seasons of shit what, like? has been altered on Hulu. I can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of, but there have been people who have had scandals and then they've gone in and taken their stuff off of streaming. That mm. that for sure has happened. For sure. Yeah, what um, people? Chris people. D'Elia. Yeah. He was uh, taken out of a movie completely and they reshot his scenes. Um, with obviously a much less funny person.
0: But that's different to going back and after it's been published and is out there retroactively. So for me, I don't think that the plot hole thing is not that big of a deal. Like if you've missed something and the fans tell you, Go back and fix it. That seems. Oh, oh,
1: oh. That's. Oh, I didn't know. That's why they did this. That for Stranger Things.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was. There wasn't something Uh, problematic. It wasn't outrage. No, it was. People were outraged, but they were outraged because there was a hole in the plot, and they went back and fixed that. So that's that's one type. I guess another one is during the production or before it's released, you find out something about somebody that's contributed to it, and they get removed. Mm -hmm. That's also an element. I don't have any problem with that either. But when it comes to getting rid of stuff from many many years ago. I can absolutely see, I could absolutely see that happening. And the difference being, is it better to alter? I actually don't think it is. It's definitely not better to go back and alter something than delete it outright. I think it's better to completely remove content from the, internet. like, if you have to give me which version of hell do you want? The version where stuff gets deleted for all Instead time. Instead altered. Yeah, precisely, because that's not the original vision for the piece of work and it's But going they're to both a- versions
1: of hell, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's like that uh that guy, the meme of that guy with his hand up and he's got to pick one of the two buttons. Yes.
1: Yeah, he's sweating. Yeah. 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 So uh this is something that I was just thinking through. This whole outrage culture is is bad because it's becoming it might become less viable to use outright outrage for good. I think that there's actually been a lot in cinema that's happened where outrage was good. So, for instance, the Sonic the Hedgehog outrage. What was that? They released the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog, and the and he looked horrifying. Okay? So what they did was they fixed the way that he looked, went back in, and changed him completely. And everyone was like, thank you. This is a better movie now. Straight up. This is a straight up better movie. Um, there's a lot of, there was a lot of people saying, okay, Hey, we need a Deadpool movie and we need it to be rated R. It needs to be legit. Came out one of the most successful superhero movies at the time. And so I think that outrage, that kind of feedback is really awesome. But what you're going to see is people are going to be like, well, this is just outrage. You know, this is just outrage culture. Fuck them. We're not going to listen to them because this is what people do now. Right? So you get that kind of the boy cried wolf, boy who cried wolf effect. and I think that's gonna suck a lot if yeah. it hasn't
0: already happened. It's a problem that people have around overusing the accusation of racism, right? If everything is racist, then nothing's racist. And when you right. actually need to call out some real racists, where do you go? It's this ever uh, intensity increasing situation. And yeah, it, you know, if, if outrage occurs at every corner, every opportunity, then yeah, when some real outrage is needed, you're going to be so desensitized to it that you're not even going to notice.
1: Yeah, I mean, and also, how many people are going to be like, "Oh, like, I guess, I guess I'm a fucking racist." If if everyone's just going to call that, and then they're just going to go lean into it. Yeah, they're going to lean into it. That is what trolls do. That is what the alt right is all about. Right. You tell me what I am. Fine. I'll fucking be that. And I'm going to yeah. troll the shit the out of you. I'm going to be the worst
0: version of that that you yes. can imagine. Yeah, That's essentially
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. what like the the whole issue with the alt-right is. Right. you. It's almost like the left creates it. The OK symbol is a great example of this. OK. The OK symbol is uh, what was it like? The white power. White power. looks like a W and a P. Yeah. That was something that was created on the backboards of 4chan brought up. And then they're like, look, we fucking got this, these guys. And then the actual, you know, white nationalist parties were like, fuck it. We'll use it. Sure. If it pisses mm. off the left, mm. we'll fucking use it. Yeah. yeah and we yeah, don't yeah. know what's real. We don't know what a joke is. You know, Poe's law. Have you heard of Poe's law? It's it's basically states that there is absolutely no way of knowing that something is satirical on the Internet unless it is stated. Because what you can get into this endless feedback loop of people saying it was satirical, but then taking the satire and making it real and making it a part of it, and kind of creating this weird oh, cycle. And and Poe's law is a is a product of the internet, and I think that this is sort of the stuff that we'll end up running into more and more. How many things have been created off of 4chan that have become something? Did you see the, that? The, did you see that
0: free bleeding? Did you ever see this? No. Okay, so people on 4chan wanted to try and troll women into believing that showing period blood on your clothes was a way of standing in solidarity with people that don't have access to birth control, maybe, or people in the Middle East. So they created this campaign, and many, many, many women started doing what was called free bleeding, and just allowing period blood to go on the outside of their clothes because that was in solidarity with their sisters in Asia or whatever it was.
1: I mean, the, the biggest one we can think of is the Board Ape Yacht Club, right? That is something that was directly created as kind of a joke. And it ended up being a billion dollar troll.
0: Yeah. and for people now- that don't know, people that don't know what we're talking about, once you finish this episode, go over to Philions channel on YouTube and watch "Board Ape Nazi Club." Even if you don't think that it's true, it's one of the best, like, hours of independent filmmaking. It's so so thorough and it's fascinating. All of the different imagery—basically, you're saying that Board Ape Yacht Club is a, a a larpy sort of troll of alt right imagery, references, stuff to do with Heil Hitler, stuff to do with the Jews, stuff to do with Auschwitz, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and he just lays it out over and out. So you should go and check that out once we're finished.
1: And I think this is also something interesting, especially with the Board Ape Yacht Club. Are they actually are they actually racist? Even though they're putting racist things in there to get something out of it, but they're they themselves might not be, or they might be. But it's all about the troll. Yeah. Right, the real life troll, and what we need to distinguish is. Does trolling mobilize actual racism, which might be true,
0: or is it just trolling for trolling's sake? Like this, how are you supposed to deal with it as well? Like, are you are you suggesting, or would it be the case that you should let troll racism go in order to not galvanize? But that's the thing: we cannot.
1: Again, this goes back to, to Poe's law. We cannot discern what a troll is and what isn't. You could point to something and say it's satirical, but the creator of it could be like, no, this wasn't satire. Mm. He could say what he or she could say whatever the fuck they want. It's super interesting. It's very, very complex. And it's, it's, it's very important to understand this because like meme culture and meta culture and, and, and this fortune, it, it is where we are headed. If we're not there already, whoever can create the, the most clever, timely, maybe contrarian opinion in a funny way that is relatable wins and by the time it's either proved incorrect or or correct it's already too late because it's viralized so many people like just love the way that that meme is formatted cuz it speaks to them it doesn't matter but now their opinion is not, is like yeah fuck yeah you 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 gave me my opinion on a platter it's the the biases that people have and this is just how it works like the power of memes is limitless and there's uh there's also like a meme economy I don't know if you know much about this I don't really know too much about it but essentially it's like stock in memes you can see which meme is going to outperform right mm. like there's I I think there is a list of current memes and like where they are ranked and and certain things like that and Think about that for a second. If you want to say something that makes a difference, you find a powerful meme and you can throw that out into the world.
0: Oh, I'll tell you where I've gone. So I've just typed in meme economy online and you know the website that's come up to explain it to me, knowyourmeme.com. Know your meme.
1: yes. Yeah, Who so? was He was a guy on your show, correct? No, we or... met him.
0: We met him. I met him at uh, Malice's party a few weeks ago, uh, the guy that owned Oh, yeah. It. Okay, yeah. 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 He was fascinating. I met him with Sky. And, uh, so how much of that
1: could then relate to crypto, which also could then relate to the stock market? Yeah, It's fucking crazy to think about this. Yeah. Were we always, as a culture, were we always n- doomed or headed to something like this, where everything is meta? Everything is... Well, think, like about, these- th-
0: think about it this way. We're talking about movies and stuff like that. How long has it been since there was a normal superhero movie that didn't have to have some weird quirk on the side of the character, you know, that, I mean, we've got hero movies now that are based on the villains. That's what Suicide Squad was, right? Like, you have movies like The Boys on Amazon Prime, which everybody should go and watch because it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And all of those characters, that's super, super sort of fourth degree removed fifth degree removed meta commentary about Mm -hmm. so it's interesting i wonder whether part of it is because once you've played out very easy to guess archetypes and roles you know if we just did another the first superman right from whatever the 50s or something if we just put that out again we've already done that we've already you know that's been done to death so i do think that it's kind of an inevitable progression of the art form but when it leaks over into news, into normal culture outside of the creative world and the creative world and the cultural world and news and politics have all become intertwined because everybody's a, a pocket creator now, right? Yes. Your dog does something funny. You take a photo of it. That could be the most famous dog ever. Remember the guy that did that uh, lightsaber thing? What's that? 20 years ago now, probably on the internet, the lightsaber dude, chocolate rain. You remember him? Yes. Yes. All of this stuff, man, like you get turned into memes, the uh, fish and rice cakes, dude from England. (laughs) He got invited. So here's a funny one. The guy that did fish and rice cakes got invited onto First Dates, which is a dating program in the UK. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest ones. He got invited on there and he looks great. And he's got like half sleeve tattoo, pretty cool, good-looking guy. And he was explaining about how he was um, like misrepresented on there. And then I think he also did a video on Lad Bible explaining it as well. But it's not nice. I mean, Sony gave those four lads in jeans... Uh, that were british as well he they gave them a contract for noise cancelling headphones because of like keeping the haters out so this is meme culture then getting fed back into advertising and yep uh, 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 it's back into the cultural machine yeah yeah Everything's clickbait, man. Uh, speaking of movies and stuff like that, Batgirl and Scooby-Doo holiday Haunt scrapped at Warner Brothers amid cost savings push. So Batgirl budgeted at around $80 million, with costs rising up to nearly $90 million due to COVID. In a surprising development, Warner Brothers will no longer be releasing Batgirl, the DC film that had already completed shooting and was expected to arrive on HBO Max. This year, the unusual move comes after a change in leadership at Warner's, with newly installed Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav prioritizing cost-cutting measures and uh, refocusing Warner's on creating theatrical films rather than just projects for streaming, as had been a priority for former Warner Media CEO Jason Killer. Batgirl was budgeted at around eighty million dollars, with costs rising to nearly ninety million due to COVID nineteen protocols. It's a hefty sum, but significantly lower than DC theatrical releases. Thus, the film is said to not have the spectacle the audience have come to expect from DC fair the batman released in march had a budget of 185 million before marketing costs one has also decided to shelve animated feature scoob holiday haunt which had a budget in the 40 million range so i am not a massive fan of the current trend that we're seeing of trying to rinse every single franchise and squeeze it as hard as possible you know we had she hulk not long ago that came out in the cinema and it was it, it didn't even make sense in the Hulk universe because the Hulk wasn't able to speak when he was Hulk. He was enraged. She's able to go to work. She's like a high-powered boss bitch lawyer with a briefcase. There's a scene where she picks some guy up that she's having a one-night stand with, picks him up from the couch and walks him into bed. It's like a total reversal, like gender role reversal thing. But it sucked. Let me see what She-Hulk She Hulk. Rotten Tomatoes. What did it get? She-Hulk attorney at law that's literally literally what it's called uh is it out tv series I, it might not be out i think oh release date 2022 yeah well yeah. i've seen a lot of oh premieres on august 18th so it'll be out pretty soon uh, so I, something tells me it's going to have a brutal rotten tomato score outside of the content sucking
1: right what makes me the most angry is the ridiculous waste of money Okay, as somebody who is currently trying to make a feature film happen, who's trying to raise money and really passionate about a certain project, to see someone go through an entire, whats what, it a single film or is it a series? Series. Okay, a series. For eight, sorry, $90 million, shoot it all and then never put it out. That is so unbelievably frustrating, but it points to the fact that the best culture cannot possibly be created by the top. Not always, like the best music for this this person or the best uh, cinema for this person will likely not be created at the top for that person. At least, not to the degree that we think it is. Okay, if 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 production is just a money throw, like throw money at it, pump it out, send it out. And we have the biggest market, we have the best streaming service. Eat it up, people. Right? That that happens ad nauseum. And like to kind of circle back to the Beyonce thing, right? The the another part to this was that she took a sample from Kaleese and uh the Khalees, milkshake song, right? Milkshake, yes. Actually kind of a good song, kind of a banger. Yeah. But Before any of that happened, before she didn't give credit at all, the Neptunes, which is Pharrell, they owned the song and basically tricked her out of not getting any money on, I think, both of her first two albums, which they both produced. She signed a contract and she really did not make the money that she should have made. And what happened was Beyonce then used Milkshake, which then brought that back
0: into the fray she used milkshake without the vocal though right she just used the sample of the instrumental which was owned by pharrell which who was also helping to produce beyonce's album exactly
1: which all it pointed to was that this fucking weird world of production of creativity still exists and it still fucking sucks it's still even at the elite level Yes, and we live in a world now where you and I can go on the internet and create our content without any oversight at all. And I, bu- I do believe that the fact that that's happening is awesome to put more and more stress on the people up top who fuck over the real creators in this world or the very talented people in this world. I, I-, I honestly th- I honestly believe that.
0: Yeah, man, I mean, there's a- another element here I think of um – cherished and treasured franchises and series being ruined what's that quote about you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain yes that's what's happening with media now every company every franchise is just rinsing you know what the most impressive thing i think is the avengers finished the avengers stopped that has to be the most successful uh, movie franchise of the last maybe ever but certainly of the last few years, maybe since Harry Potter, something like that. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be definitely up there. And they just went, spoiler alert for people that haven't seen it, we're going to kill the main character at the end, and then it's going to finish. And obviously they've got, you know, Loki series. So they've got all sorts things. of split-offs. So maybe Marvel isn't an amazing example because they're still rinsing the universe outside of it. But they stopped that bit, and that felt like... Do you not think that it's sad, but it's kind of satisfying, and it all, almost makes that series what would you call it? That sequence of movies feel more special because you know I love it. there's a full stop.
1: Yes, no, I love it. I think um, Ozark did a great job of that. I haven't seen- They're uh, like, enough. hard stop, it's over. We're done. Oh. They you know, they built the fucking story. I think from day one, they had the same story. It wasn't they were building as they were going. They weren't trying to see where it They knew, it knew the end go. already. They knew the end. And I think, you know, if you look at my, debatably one of my favorite shows ever created was True Detective Season 1. Never seen it. Okay, so that's Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson, a couple other people, but a fantastic story. And not only that, like, very, very good cinematography and direction. Uh, and at the time, I, I mean, I still think it's, for me, top five, maybe top three, maybe the best one that I can think of off the off the top of my head. They ended that series, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, we're done. So now they have to start. They do true detective, but they start a completely new uh, place, a, a new idea, a new story arc. You and in, I think that that's new cast. Yes. And it has nothing to do with that first one. I think that's OK. But in my opinion, that was their way of being like, look, we can be legit we can end this story but we can keep this series alive and hopefully milk people for more money when they should have literally just been like that's it we're done one season
0: we're out okay so i'll push back against that think about if they'd come in with the second season and the second season was better than the first season if they'd been able to do that i think that you would have gone and you know what they did they came back it was really good it was different it was my point being that a lot of what we're saying here, we're trying to rationalize like a hard and fast rule about don't make female versions of fucking existing superhero But if films. it's good, it's good. But precisely. Yep. What, we, what we really mean is don't, don't be bad. ruin shit. <laughs> don't make terrible movies and series. The same thing goes for Game of Thrones. I, oh, yeah. I, I've just spouted on for ages about how we shouldn't be rinsing the shit out of franchises and making terrible things. And House of Dragons and Beyond the Wall or whatever the one that's about the North is, uh both of those are coming out pretty soon and I can't wait. I'm absolutely gassed for those to come out. I think that Game of Thrones was particularly unsatisfying the way that it finished, and I also think that this will probably be pretty cool and I like George R. 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 Martin's universe. So I want that. So I like that difficult to please.
1: I like they were that they were rinsed solely because they were trying to get out of there, those two guys, Ben Ahoff and whatever. Dan and Dave. They were trying to get the fuck out of there. They were like, We're done with this, we're gonna go make a Star Wars movie. We're going over to Lucas Pictures. That's why I. That's why I think fuck them, rinse them, destroy them. Um, not only did they make a piece of shit ending to an amazing series that was actually pretty accurate to the books, and even though they were allowed to finish how they kind of wanted to because the books hadn't been out yet, they they were like, let's get out of here, and that's how it felt. Maybe that's not how it was, but you could even see. Um, did you see the cast? table the video of them at the casting table where they like look at the shit and they're like yes what yeah you know like people were watching this and they were like this is not who i am this is not how i am another another one of that is um the guy who plays luke skywalker throughout the whole series i can't think of his name it's pathetic of me i'm sorry oh hamel something ham hamel i think whatever uh he he was like in interviews I think he might have been a little boozed up or something, but he's like, this shit sucks, you know, or like or not, not that, not that. But it was like he virtually had said, like, this is not. Have you seen good? What we just made was not good.
0: So there's a, a bunch of interviews that people can go and watch with the cast of Game of Thrones after they'd finished filming season eight, but before it had been aired. And in all of the interviews when they're being asked, so tell us, you know, is it exciting or is it whatever? Kit Harrington's the best because he's British and pretty much unable to keep his like emotions to himself. And it's just so obvious they're dying inside. They don't, they're like, they're just completely unsatisfied with it. Another person that's amazing when it comes to media interviews, have you seen Tom Holland, the guy that does Spider-Man?
1: Yes. Have he, you seen he... how
0: much he fucks up?
1: Yeah, and how much he gives away, like what ends yeah. up happening. Yeah,
0: people. Were, people were <laughs> Just saying, "Don't let him
1: fucking speak anymore."
0: They said about um, was it Avengers, whatever the one where Thanos snaps his fingers, and during the press tour for that, it was something like a. Um, with the interviewer had said, "We're scared of losing more people," or something, 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 and Tom Holland literally responded and said, "Well, half of everybody dies in this episode," or <laughs> like. okay
1: okay this is a crazy one ready for this so a star is born i'm going in to see it with my buddy i'm actually really stoked for this movie uh and it's one of those movie theaters where you get food served to you and so we go to sit down and our waitress comes out and she's like (laughs) she's like hey look the ending is really sad so i'm actually gonna um try and get you guys to pay before about 20 minutes before it ends and we're I literally look at her. I'm like. Okay. So uh, Bradley Cooper dies. This is what you're telling me. Right. Like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that to her, but my jaw dropped. She walks oh, away shit. and I just immediately knew it. I knew what happened. You, all you had to say was it's sad. You just had to say that. How about just don't fucking say that. And now I was thinking about it. How many people's movie going experience did this, woman this one lady ruin, ruin. <laughs> thinking that she was getting on top of her job? <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah.
0: not only yeah, not yeah. only
1: on that day but over the course of the month yes yeah. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, ruined yeah. that fuck so uh, my
0: housemate my housemate back in the uk toby has this unbelievable ability to see what's going to happen in series so if it's a murder mystery within half an hour he's like he did it and sure enough it's him so i imagine that if you're really smart at being able to detect narratives i'm completely not so i'm always surprised at the end and oblivious to whatever's going on i imagine it's kind of the same if you're one of those people that's really talented at being able to pick out who did the thing and looking for nuance and she went to the left or whatever this is basically the same thing because you there's no surprise at the end of it i don't know whether you know about a youtube channel called emergency awesome he Mm-mm. does he does analysis and breakdowns of trailers and series. And one of the best things that happened during Game of Thrones was I'd watch the episode and then I'd go and watch his half hour long breakdown that explained all of this stuff. And I knew that uh, Jon Snow was a Targaryen.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, Way, I watched a ton of that. And also, yeah. yeah, I I was just really into a wiki of Ice and Fire. I don't know if you know what that yep, is. It's yep, basically yep, yep. The, the Wikipedia for that series so when i was bored i was just because i was man i was really really obsessed with not just game of thrones but uh, um, a song of ice and fire like i was really really into it so very early on mind you i was a sophomore in college when it started coming out so it's like my consumption of this was considerable I i mean it was literally 10 years of my life or over that where i was like into this thing and mm. to have it end like it did was that was the slap
0: in the face. But sorry, I interrupted you. No, that was it, man. Just oh. that I, I imagine that if you've got a, an unbelievable insight when it comes to movies, well, I, it kind yeah, of ruins. it. I, w-
1: I wouldn't say I have an unbelievable insight, but with A Star Is Born, I knew because like the trailer had kind of alluded to Bradley Cooper being a piece of shit, right? Or or ha- or being this this uh, doomed rock star. Okay, and the moment the woman comes up to me and says, "Hey, it's a sad ending." <laughs> so i want to get out of here I, I, like i don't want to like interrupt the ending or something like that and i'm just like oh so he dies Th-
0: thanks he dies okay cool let's get on with the movie thank you <laughs> look dude immediately bring, yeah let's bring this one home uh yep. your current movie project that you're yes. looking for funding for where can people go to check that out uh go
1: to WeFunder.com and then search the wait. So, it's the weight LLC. We created an LLC. We created a lot of stuff to get this. It's wait, going. Uh, weight,
0: W E I G H T.
1: Yes, the weight. And uh, right now we have over $150,000 raised and we have uh, a lead investor. We have a lot of things in place. Um, the back end is completely full. Like we have everything we need to get this thing going. Um, and people can not just donate, they can invest and actually have the potential to make their money back and make more money but also be part of the production of the first weightlifting based narrative feature film
0: and your socials and all that stuff as well where should people go
1: yeah uh coach underscore zt on instagram and my name zach tallender on youtube All right, dude,
0: appreciate you so-